Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at dtcpod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. What's up, DTC Pod? Today we're joined by Pontus Carlson, who is the co-founder and CEO of Offscript. So Pontus, I'll let you kick us off. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you guys are up to at Offscript? Yeah, of course. Hey everyone, uh, so my name is Pontus. I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Offscript. We are an e-commerce solution that helps creators, communities, and curators to build their own curated marketplaces. Um, you can think of it as a as a platform with two parts. On one end, it's a drag and drop e-commerce builder that that lets you set up a multi-brand marketplace, and on the other side, it's a marketplace connector that allows for brands on most of the main e-commerce platforms to connect in just a few minutes. Uh, we've been building this company for for uh, depending on how you look at it, for for between one to three years, um, and we have uh, um, just raised uh, a first kind of institutional funding now this uh, last spring. So we are pretty early stage company. Uh, we have a few hundred brands signed up on a platform today that creators and curators can sell from, and, and working very tight uh, with our users right now to develop our product. Yeah, and Pontus, the reason uh, one of the reasons we're super excited to be able to have you on the show is just to because you've, you've had the experience of A, working with all these different brands and B, working with all these different creators. So you guys really find yourself at this intersection of creators and commerce. And I think you guys have a really unique take on it. So, um, you know, at a high level, I just love to kind of get into what some of those learnings have been, what kind of your thesis is as you've been building, like what you're seeing as as more and more creators want to interact with more brands, what type, like how do they sell products through you guys? Like what's your general thesis on where creators meet commerce and how, how are you guys building to support that with Offscript? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so I would say, I mean, creator commerce is, is rapidly growing. We see kind of different types of players in the space. We have enablers of starting your own brands, which is super exciting, um, probably most, successful companies the last few years have been like Petra and CALA, many of these kind of companies that helps you start your own brands. And I think that's amazing. And many creators should be doing that. Um, then of course you have kind of the marketplace builders and enablers. I think um, companies such as Push and Goop has kind of paved the way for what it means to say, have a strong audience and being able to curate products and build say a, say a kind of community centric e-commerce destination and our premise is that that will happen more and more creators will want to basically allow their audiences to have that type of experience where they can buy and shop their recommendations um when it comes to more about kind of how the how i think the the, the landscape will will develop in in relationship to say social and the e-commerce platforms and the end customer behaviors i think that's that's really hard. I have a few different takes. I think um, it will be it will be decentralized to some extent. So I think that the end customer will want to be able to shop where they are. So 
the moment of, say, inspiration to the moment of transaction will decrease. So I might be on Instagram, I see a product, I want to buy it. I might be on TikTok, I see a product, I want to buy it. I might be on YouTube. So I think it's going to be much more, say, native and, and kind of um, shortened um, conversion funnels, let's say. Um, I think that's one of the um, takes. I also think that it will be more social moving forward. I, I think that e-commerce has a has still some innovation to to tap into, especially in the West, if you compare to how the behaviors look in 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 East, in the Asia and so on. It's it's much more catered around kind of individuals' curation and, and trusting other people's and, and, and recommendations and so on. So I think it will be more decentralized, it will be more social. Um and then I personally am super excited about kind of a more say curated future where I'll be able to find brands that I relate to or that are maybe value-led or purpose-led or have certain traits that aren't necessarily only colors or fabrics or whatever kind of traits that that historically have been, say, the, the way that we've filtered and sorted through um, the product. So I think um, hopefully, you know, more transparency, more um, uh, decentralization to some extent. And, and obviously we are building for um, a future where what we refer to as kind of internally, not that, not when we speak to customers, but like that where the demand, the demand generators will receive more of, say, the, the actual outcome, also like more financial rewards and so on. So there is obviously a big disconnect in like how I find products and how I get inspirations to how I actually check out. Yeah, and, and one reason when I saw your guys' product, I was really excited for the conversation is I think this concept of being able to put together kind of like whether anyone, whether you're an influencer or even just a person and be able to basically curate a list of products that like really resonate with you and then have been, and then you be the affiliate layer for anyone else to uh, find and discover those products and make those purchases. I think that's something that's really compelling. Um, and I always, I mean, even going back like a decade ago, I envisioned a future where that was possible, but obviously the, there's a lot of infrastructure and building blocks that need to be done to be able to support something like that. Um, but I do find that more com like compelling in, in terms of the future as opposed to what we're seeing in, in the short term is maybe like singular affiliate solutions, which, which work, right? But I, people are dynamic, they're complex, they like a lot of different things. And it seems like a lot of the solutions have been built out to date to just kind of satisfy one thing. It's like, oh, click my affiliate link for this product. And you know, you create a bunch of content around one thing you link to that product and then it kind of like disappears and that's it as opposed to you know everyone being able to almost be their own storefront right so what was you know what was kind of the inspiration that kicked off this journey for you how were you able to you know focus on going after building out your product and infrastructure the way you're doing and what were some of the challenges in in getting everything set up because it's not a it's not a small task that's for sure no exactly i think um one of the big inspirations when we started this or kind of the insights was that I, I read about how Linktree was one of the world's most visited websites. And then I just looked at my own customer behavior. I was like, it kind of makes sense because you're directed through all these different places, all these different websites, all these different e-commerce sites, all these different social platforms um, through platforms such as Linktree. Um, so one of the insights then was like the, the end customer is kind of struggling to, to say, find the product that someone has recommended. And just as you're on to here, you can obviously use affiliate links and then you're directed away. And 
but then that product gets out of stock or the link dies or the tracking uh, has some issues and whatever it might be so then the insight was like why can't i just basically buy this product from the person that has inspired me to buy the product um and then i you know i'd been dabbling in in, in drop shipping and different types of like e-commerce concepts and and always was a bit kind of frustrated by the fact that i could only really sell to be completely frank trash um so you sell some you know bamboo toothbrush from some kind of country where they don't pay the employees very well and now you know i can make a profit basically just drop shipping that bad product that we don't really need so why can't i sell products that are actually you know good um and on the same time i know that direct consumer brands are kind of struggling with finding end customers creating content um and on the on the third kind of like third most strong insight was like this kind of why now moment when i started reading up more and more about how the say the back end infrastructure of the e-commerce landscape is becoming more and more concentrated so um if you take 10 to 20 years ago obviously you had so many long tail players in the e-commerce enablement space now more and more players are and you know the woocommerces the um, the centras in Sweden and of course the, the big giant Shopify um, so so the way that you can kind of build out say the, the supply side of this kind of marketplace uh, and also manage post-purchase is easier than ever it's still not easy it's still uh, you know there's still a need to build a lot of rails and a lot of technology to enable for that type of commerce but uh, it's easier than ever so yeah to summarize that I would say one kind of the, the demand generation was decentralized, more and more social, creator-centric. Second was uh, uh, this technology advancement in, in Shopify. Uh, and third was uh, kind of dropshipping enablement, which I think could be more catered to, say, a modern retail setup versus like selling anything that you could find. Um, I think that's a... I think that's a really cool analogy where you bring in drop shipping because like we we all know what drop shipping is and it's great in theory but like you were saying the, the a lot of times the products that people were are drop shipping are maybe not like the highest quality they're able to get leads and traffic online and you know they're selling a a fidget spinner or some like cheap apparel or like something else from this curated store and at the end of the day like yeah people are buying it they're making a bunch of money drop shipping but the idea of almost applying that a drop shipping infrastructure and connecting that to the world's best brands to be able, so anyone can kind of drop be drop shipping partners for them uh you know as an analogy i think that's a it's a really cool opportunity it makes it makes a bunch of sense yeah i think um drop shipping is also a word that is i I'm, i think also for for many good reasons like it's it's not it doesn't have a great brand let's say but on the other side of say kind of the same to some extent operational model, you have marketplaces and marketplaces are not doesn't really have the same ring to it like that's more positive okay they're cool marketplaces i can find multiple different brands that i can shop and i think um now you hear more and more kind of the term of, of like curated marketplaces so that's also more and more a term that we are using that you can start a curated marketplace for your audience where you can shop brands and and it's quite interesting to to go back in history and look at like if you were a high street store 20 years ago maybe that was the type of entrepreneurship that was more prevalent then so i have footfall traffic um 
Uh, I believe that I have taste. I can buy products. I can put them on a shelf and I can show them to an end customer and they will buy that from me. But obviously the, the products aren't mine. Like I've, and I might not even have paid for them um, up from uh, before I sold them. So I think that's that's an interesting analogy as well. And I remember kind of having this, I think it was this Ben Thompson guys, uh, a great podcast for everyone that is interested in podcasts. Uh, and he spoke about how I shelf, I space is the new shelf space. So basically how before like shelf space was all the hype. So I need to be in front of the customer when they enter the store. Now I need to be in front of the customer when they open their TikTok feed or their Instagram feed and so on. And and the people that have those eyes have the ability to to um, to shape customer and consumer behaviors and hopefully also to build a successful multi-brand uh, marketplaces. Yeah, no, no, I, I love that. I think like what you're saying, drop shipping maybe was a dirty word, but somewhere between drop shipping and marketplace and curated marketplace, you guys kind of exist and are able to enable the people who have the you know the modern day shelf space call it and connect them to the the inventory and the brands that they need to be able to facilitate those transactions so just to to move backwards a little bit before you guys started off script right um what was your what was your background what got you into this space how did you even start thinking that this was a product that you could solve for and that you could found like what what's your personal background uh, so my personal background is I, where do we start? I come from a really small town um, in the south of Sweden. I always had a dream of kind of having my own brand. Like you really only have, you have three types of jobs really. Like you work in the industry, you work in school or you work in retail. And I wanted to work in retail. I thought it was cool. You know, you can work in a store. Then after a while, I was like, maybe I want to have my own brand. Uh, then after a while, I was like, maybe I don't want to have my own brand. It sounds like hard <laughs> and uh, then I went to uh, Milan and studied business and business of fashion um, and during that study I kind of started reading up more and more about e-commerce and got interested in this space. Uh, fast forward a few years I started working as a management consultant in, in Stockholm and that company was quite exposed to retail um, which made me uh, go even deeper in kind of the world of, say, e-commerce and, and marketplaces and, and how consumer behaviors are changing. And then I had the great fortune of, of being accepted into a, um, a basically a startup accelerator incubator called Antler that, that is now global, but they were kind of one of their first cohorts there I was part of. And, and the idea then is like um, people that have entrepreneurial ambitions can meet with other people that have entrepreneurial ambitions and then they can get together and, and basically start a company together. And and I came in with the idea of Offscript and, and started with two other people. Um, and uh, we did that for a few years and, and yeah, and then we, a lot of changed, but it's still kind of um, similar idea uh, that we're working on right now. So uh, I think it, it started really young with this kind of interest in, in, in retail. And then uh, all the way to like more and more kind of technical and then just an opportunity, I think. Uh, the one thing I'm interested about here is to build what you're building, obviously it requires a lot on the on the technical side and it's a lot of on the sales side, on the go-to-market side, you're basically to build a cur uh, the infrastructure to support a curated marketplace, you need you know, creators, you need brands, brands become your supply, you need the technology infrastructure to support it. And it's not just an overnight thing. So what was the, why don't you walk us through a little bit of like the go to, 
the the initial MVP of like what you were building and how you were able to get to where you guys are at now? Like, where'd you start and how'd you get to where you are now? Yeah, no, so um, we started really scrappy, like to kind of validate the concept. Uh, we spun up um, storefronts for like kind of long tail influencers here in Sweden. And we basically just asked him like, what products would you like to sell? And then they gave us, you know, a list of products. And then we populated this e-commerce. I'm kind of doing quotation marks here in the air, but kind of e-commerce. And then when they bought products from these influencers, what happened in the back was that I took my personal debit card and I just went to the e-commerce of these stores, placed the order, and then they sent the, the product to the end customer. Um, so it's really scrappy, like it's super scrappy. And then um, after a while, we kind of negotiated like we only did this for a very short period to kind of validate it, but um, we also negotiated like a discount code. So basically I got a discount code that we didn't show for say the end customer, but say I got 20% off. Then I took that 20% off, paid for the, for, for the, and then we made that say, uh, spread that as, as, as a margin. Um, it was obviously just to like validate it, but it was an interesting uh, concept to spin up those and, and to speak to those initial influencers then we went on a really ambitious um kind of journey and we're kind of still on it where we decided to build integrations to all the main e-commerce platforms to basically facilitate for these type of order flows um you know your own checkouts payment flows customization sets in the storefronts uh, and all of course the marketplace technology so we started really scrappy and then we started out building integrations to say Shopify, WooCommerce, Centra, Abicarts, uh, EpiServer, Magento, etc. And now we can support many of the world's, say, most prominent e-commerce platforms if you want to sell products from those brands. And um, then uh, we <laughs> to kind of go more on the sales side. So on the sales side, we started um, kind of br uh, broad. You know, we we had some idea that we could uh, onboard both brands and creators at the same time with a really small team and uh, <laughs> realized after a while that that might not really work. So right now I have a much more niche focus where we try to work really closely with creators and communities and, and, and basically build marketplaces for them. So we um, don't necessarily pitch so much that we have, you know, all the brand assortment, you can just get started selling because we think that it's much more important that you as an entrepreneur or creator curator, community, whatever, can sell products that are relevant for your audience. Um, and then we'd rather have the infrastructure and technology that makes it super duper easy for you to onboard brands um, that are relevant for your audience. And we also noticed that you all, there are already established relationships, for example, and there's also much higher pull um, if a creator reaches out to a brand saying, hey, I'm going to launch my own curated marketplace. I'm using Offscript. It takes you five minutes to connect this app. Um, like it makes total sense. However, if there's this random Swedish guy is like, hey, I run a marketplace uh, <laughs> where like, I can't really say who's using it or when or why or what, but uh, you should join. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, so I think uh, we found a more interesting uh, go-to-market and, and uh, tactical approach there when it comes to uh, acquiring both sides of the marketplace. It's so funny how uh, like starting a marketplace works. I, I, I see so many parallels between this and, and starting Seated um, when, when we started, which is a restaurant marketplace, because like literally the way we validated it in the, in the early days was like we put 
restaurant reservations up and we're like, oh, are, are people going to book these? And, you know, then they started booking them. And like the first, you know, hundred or couple hundred, I would be like calling in. There'd be a couple restaurant reservations that would come through where like maybe the restaurant requires a credit card. And I'm like, okay, shit, let me, let me put this on my credit <laughs> card. And it was like, it was like the same thing. Right. And then as you grow and you grow the marketplace, then you build out more tech to support it. And then all the different integrations, you can integrate with everyone. And ultimately you get to the point, like, as you were saying, where, you know, in the early days, it was like me on the, me and my, you know, co-founders on the street hitting up brands and being these like random or these restaurants and being these random guys hitting up these restaurants. And then now it's evolved to whether it's creators or diners that are frequenters of these places, they're able to go in and be like, Hey, why don't you get unseated or whatever it is. So it's just interesting to see the the parallels in terms of like bootstrapping and setting up a marketplace, how it's like really hard in the beginning, how you have to be really scrappy. And then as you grow and as you build tech and as the marketplace starts to carry itself, then you start to grow out to the point where, as you were saying, like it looks a lot better when one of your customers is, is working as your kind of um, your sales team helping onboard new uh, supply to the marketplace. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um... We, I mean, to, to some extent, you can say that. Um, I think also to, to another uh, point, it's like it's it's much easier to use, say, Offscript than than another solution to build your own marketplace. But just as you're saying, like as a marketplace builder, I think there is a very interesting idea of like, okay, if you can say decentralize user acquisition, so that the next time someone using your technology can. Uh, leverage that there is an existing integration to underlying supply side or brands, um, you can have really interesting uh, network effects or, or kind of moats where you can imagine that like in a future state, there is one platform where most of the brands within maybe a certain vertical already exists. So it doesn't really make sense for me to choose another platform because then I need to do that work. Um, so I think script is quite unique in, in, in the sense that we are like a single platform where you can do all of it, where many other solutions are like a marketplace connector, maybe that you connect to like a storefront, like Shopify or or similar. But um, we have kind of both the storefront and the marketplace technology, which um, at least our, our thesis is that that could allow for, say, a different degree of virality if, if you could kind of start... Um, yeah, you get inspired and then you start your own e-commerce, basically. And that's something that I want to get into right there is that distinction, right? So why don't you walk me through, like, or walk our audience through what is a marketplace connector versus you guys and being able to not only have the brands, but also own the, own the checkout and the, the first party data and everything like that. So why don't you break down the existing solutions as marketplace connector? And if you're using a marketplace connector, what you have to do on your end and who sort of uses these things? versus what Offscript enables? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And it's something we talk quite a lot about. So you can say that on one end, uh, you have marketplace connector. A marketplace connector easily explained this. It's a connector that connects to a brand's e-commerce. Uh, so say I am a Shopify brand, then I can connect to a marketplace connector. And then this marketplace connector distributes my products into another e-commerce. So um, you see also also sometimes people refer to this as kind of collaborative commerce, like where you can sell my products and maybe also I can sell your products. So those are marketplace connectors and, and you have 
from say enterprise uh, players, the oldest ones are like Miracle, I think is one of the, the biggest ones. They would serve huge companies. So they would serve, um, I don't know this, but think of the Walmarts or the best buys of the world. Um, so I'm a brand, I want to connect to them and then they are like an enabler in the middle. Um, then you have, uh, say, marketplace connectors that are more modern, that are maybe built around the Shopify ecosystem, such as Coro or um, similar. So there you can basically have a Shopify storefront and then you can connect that to, um, uh, to Coro in this case. And then you can basically populate your Shopify storefront with products from Coro. Um, so you need, need these two different uh, solutions. What we um, have bet or are betting on is like we can have one platform where you basically can build your e-commerce and you have an underlying uh, inventory uh, of, of brands that you can both onboard yourself. You can onboard new brands. And there we are also platform agnostic. So you can onboard brands from multiple different e-commerce platforms, not only Shopify in this case, um, but um, also that you can manage everything in one uh, platform, having also your say checkout uh, and the checkout is powered by Stripe today but yeah it's you know uh, it's your store it's your customers um, and then our technology allows for these orders to be forwarded into the brands and then the brands ship the product to the end customer so it's very it's similar to to many of these other solutions but it's it's um, much easier and it's a single platform and it's kind of built for this specific purpose versus kind of gluing together different um, existing solutions out there. Well, and I think a really important distinction here is like if you're a creator and you're leaning, like what your job, what your real job is, is creating content, um, making sure your audience is happy, growing your audience uh, and being able to do that. You're a content creator, right? And to set up your own storefront on Shopify, if this isn't the world that you come from, find a marketplace connector, start curating a product catalog, and then set everything up. It's just a lot of, it, it's it's tricky. It's not like an easy thing to do. Whereas, so what you're, say, what you're saying is basically off script for a creator, all of that stuff is handled and you're an option where, because like you were saying in the start of our episode, there's different ways to work with commerce as a creator, right? You could you could start your own brand, start your own Shopify storefront and run all your operations in-house. That's one option, right? Another option is you could work and collaborate with brands, just and be the creator in the face of it, you know, work for an endorsement and, you know, move on. But what you're, you guys enable is for, it's almost like a blending of the two where you're able to curate products from all these different companies who are on your platform, own your own storefront, but you don't have to deal with the operations and you don't have to deal with even setting up the storefront and connecting the tech to a, a marketplace connector or anything like that. So you're good to go. And then on the back end of it, you're able to, you know, capture all the first party data. So it's just like you're running your own storefront where you're building up your email list, you have your customer list, you know what they purchased, uh, and you're able to make margin on all the purchases, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think one important distinction there is also like um, when you have your store up, uh, you know, it's customizable and it's on your own domain, um, but it's also connected to your social channels. So like when you have your store up, like if you compare this to all the link tree players or affiliate players out there, um, we connect into your, say, Facebook business suite so that like you can, you can tag products in your content and you can actually leverage your existing audience um, versus like driving all the traffic away. So I think that's also another thing 
and uh, the fact that you can you can really easily onboard new brands that like the if I'm a brand and I see that you have a store and I want to join that, um, I can do that within minutes versus say connecting to other uh, types of solutions in between. So yeah, uh, but obviously it's like, it's not a blue ocean. Um, it is uh, definitely, there's multiple players in the space and I, I'm super excited for, for the creator's sake because there's a lot of interesting technology being built for them. Well, let, yeah, so let's, I think there's a lot to talk about here. So one, let's talk about the landscape, right? Like who else is in it? And let's let's talk about the players who are more similar to you in terms of like hybrid between curated marketplace and and storefront as and and then we can kind of um, go into the next part. So yeah, let's talk about the the landscape for a second. Yeah. Um, no, I think you have you have the the enablers. Um, many of them are building around Shopify right now. Um, there you have, as, as mentioned, you have Caro, you have um, Convic. I think they're called. Um, you have basically technology companies that are going quite deep in enabling for for you to set up a marketplace kind of backend and connecting it to your Shopify uh, frontend. Um, and then on the other side, you have more say the um, influencer kind of the distributed Salesforce, call it whatever you want, uh, setup. So you can say that on one end you have like a creator community centered product and there we are and, and these kind of marketplace connectors are. And then you have more, um, say a brand centered approach where you can allow for, you as a brand can allow for multiple creators, ambassadors, whatever to sell your products. And there you have, you had them on a few episodes ago, like super, what's called super affiliate, right? Yeah, exactly. So there you have those players that are, is also quite an interesting space that is some kind of almost like a, a network marketing, is that what it's called in, in English? But like that you can sell through multiple different ambassadors, basically. Um, and then um, as a third category, you have um, uh, companies such as like Disco Network, I think it's called. Um, and and I think Caro and, and Canal are also in that, where you basically, you are a towel brand, I sell soap, uh, you can sell my soap and I can sell your towels. Um, and we connect each other's stores using, for example, Disco or Canal. So we are kind of in this, in this intersection between, say, distributed sales as a brand I can connect and sell through multiple different um, creators and communities. Um, a marketplace kind of builder enabler and, and kind of this collaborative commerce. But we are right now only focused on uh, really this kind of marketplace builder. Well, yeah. And I think the, the interesting thing about just commerce and tech and as it involves is like, I, you know, I think they're going to definitely be winners, but I don't think it's necessarily all zero sum, right? Like there are, there are use cases for brands that might want to uh, work with a creator who's running a sort of, uh, you know, custom PDP campaign on Superfiliate while also that creator could have their a whole storefront of products that are curated by you guys, right? So, like, I don't think it necessarily needs to be zero-sum in the way that, uh, you know, consumers are going to find products, where they're going to shop for products, how they're going to check out. Like, it be just like in traditional retail brick-and-mortar shopping, like, there's You've got boutiques, you've got outlets, you've got wholesale, you've got, there's so many different channels to, to shop, right? And then when you go online, it just, it makes her even more. 
Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think uh, one thing that is quite interesting, though, with our positioning is that uh, you see creators having like a off-script store connected to their Instagram, uh, but then they might be using some other link in their link tree, which means that um, like the off-script kind of infrastructure allows for you to have like a native-esque um, kind of curation within your social feed. So like you don't have to drive traffic away, as mentioned. So I, I hope that that is something uh, that would allow for us to kind of, you know, have a more consistent um, existent uh, in, in these creators' um, worlds and, and hopefully also uh, allow for them to monetize more native in their social channels. Because I do believe that like the end customer experience of having all these different links is, is not great. Um, and I also know that creators, um, most creators will and, and, and hopefully sh or potentially should make most of their money right now on uh, on basically brand deals and, and say more attention, like as a media company, basically. Um, but obviously like more and more- Brand awareness. Yeah, exactly, brand awareness. But uh, then you have creators that have more say niche or higher engagement audiences and they, you know, I think should start their own brands and start their own businesses and and um, and use platforms such as Allscript. Yeah, it, it's really neat. It's like taking creators from being able to, you know, to really drive performance <laughs> marketing and not only drive performance, it's like they're making a big, um, they're making bigger affiliate commission through you guys than they would through other affiliate programs. Is that right? You want to talk a little bit about how you guys structure deals um, on the brand side and the creator side so that everyone's, you know, happy? Yeah. Uh, so our, our revenue model is a transaction based revenue model. So basically what happens is uh, a creator decides that he or she wants to start a marketplace. And what happens then is that they we collaborate on onboarding rounds for that certain creator. Um, it's of course up to the creator to kind of define what terms that they would be, um, what they would be fine with. Um, but you can say that we do what we can in, in ensuring that they get those terms. And, and if you look at all these marketplace connectors, it's anywhere from 15 to 40% commission rates. Um, and we take a, per, um, a few percentage points off of that. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward model. And as a brand, they look at this uh, oftentimes as a, you know, as a marketplace um, that they connect to. Yeah, it's a marketplace. It's an incremental sale, and they're able to the the brand's able to get their products in front of more eye, eyeballs in a position that's able to to really convert. It seems like definitely um, you know a, a strong proposition for a lot of brands. And then why don't you walk me through on the brand side? What what's the process, right? Like, so the creator, it seems pretty clear. It's you know sign up to Offscript, go through the platform, figure out you know browse through hundreds and hundreds of brands, see what products you like, be able to stitch them up into your storefront and then all your audience when they're browsing through your your content and your off script storefront they can literally check out and they it's like as if the creator is running their own storefront um and now for the brand side what does the engagement look like from you guys how do they sign up how do they connect how do they get their product catalog into the off script marketplace what does that look like yeah so so the most effective um so a, a little add on to the first comment there so so one is that um we both have creators that say sign up and curate from existing inventory. But what we really are keen on is to ensure that you as a creator, when you sign up, we collect what kind of brands that you want to sell and then we onboard those brands. Um, 
because obviously it, it you it needs to be relevant products for you and obviously as we scale our supply side the overlap between our existing inventory and your interest will will be more and more um so uh, but we also work really closely with creators right now to ensure that their marketplace or their curated marketplace is you know relevant for their audience but uh, when they then or we together reach out to a brand the process for them is very straightforward so it's an app for most of these platforms so you know it's a shopify app or a woocommerce app or similar which allows for us to basically get access to their inventory and also place orders um so whenever a sale is made we get the order into our um shopify for example and then we send the product to the end customer so when i say like it's a few minutes i it's like literally a few minutes for you to connect to to the store and then once you're connected um you have this specific creator that you want to sell through or you can collect it, or you can basically decide to to sell through multiple creators uh, also using the Oh, got it. So if you're a brand and say like there's a specific creator you want to sell to and not all of them, you can do that or you can open it up to the whole network. Yeah, exactly. The default right now is that you open it up for the network, but you have control over who can sell your products. Yeah. Got it. And then maybe getting into the weeds, but I'm just curious, like if you're so... So who do, who takes care of the fulfillment? Is it just an order that gets placed directly to the brand and they handle it just like any of their other orders coming in? Um, yeah. Or like, what does the experience look like for the end customer who's checking out? Yeah, so the experience for the end customer right now is like that of, say, a marketplace. So I'm buying the product, uh, I get the order confirmation, and then the product is sent from the brand. We don't do anything right now in, in say, the world of, in the world of atoms, uh, or in the world of bits only right now. Um, so... Uh, that means that um, the say order confirmation packaging etc they're all kind of from the brand um so from the brand it's it's really straightforward it's just an additional sales channel oh that's awesome so you know they plug into you guys and your creators publish it through their networks they start converting sales and the orders just get pushed back to the brands and the brands fulfill just like it's any other order yeah exactly so so the idea <laughs> we quite it's quite jokingly, but we say like the only person on the brand side that should get more work is the people packing the orders. So we really want it to be like really straightforward. Like you install this app, it's a low risk, high reward sales channel where you also get brand awareness uh, from from these creators. Yeah, it's, it's it seems like a, a real no brainer, especially for brands that are maybe internet native, just starting up, trying to like get more eyeballs and get their products in front of more people. Um, you know, a lot of the challenge with um acquiring first party users and all that is like you have to go out and you got to get them and you got to scale up so just in the same way uh, a lot of brands are thinking like you know amazon's part of my strategy and you know i've got my first party party strategy strategy on shopify having marketplaces that you can connect to in a really easy smart way um where you're getting your product in front of the right eyeballs and the right buyers can definitely be um a smart strategy for growth yeah and i think the, the quite unique timing component here is um, both that brands are more like 10 years ago when say the direct-to-consumer hype took off for maybe even more years. Like many companies were very stringent with like, we should only sell direct-to-consumer. This is our only kind of sales channel. Now you see more and more kind of, you know, you do an omni-channel approach basically. So you might have some wholesale, you might have some marketplaces, you might have some other types of sales uh, coming in. So. I think that is um, uh, an interesting timing component uh, with with these types of players as often. And then on the creator side, um, what's it, like who? What type of creators have you started to see the most early success with it? Is it like typical influencer uh, 
influencers on Instagram? Is it YouTubers? Is it streamers? Is it, you know, who, what type of creator profile has like really been interesting for you guys to work with thus far? It's been more, most interesting for us to work with creators that have a certain, say, niche. So I think one of our, I can take a anecdotal um, example, um, big, say, men's skincare blog. Um, so he's already kind of doing a lot of product recommendations but have done that for quite a lot of time, built up a huge kind of traffic volumes from his, uh, say, website and blog. Now we can introduce them to also basically shopping in his own curated marketplace or this uh, marketplace. So so what happens then is like, okay, now I have a new men's skincare marketplace with, I think there's like 25 brands or something that we've onboarded for that marketplace. And now, you know, you as a, as a reader of that blog can buy and shop and very content-led type of e-commerce experience. Uh, so I think um, where we see the most promise is for creators that have a quite, say, specific uh, field where they curate and recommend products in. Um, and I think that makes sense. You know, if you go to an e-commerce and they sell one soap brand and one uh, pair of jeans and, and one, like, it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, so. Uh, we are betting on on that that like you, people trust people or these communities or creators that they that they want to be in the in the realms of and then uh, we build ex experiences around that. So and he has, and uh, it's like a combination of I think uh, actually another thing is quite interesting is about uh, uh, if you have existing traffic which isn't only spike say driven so if you do. If you do Instagram or TikTok, for example, you post something, you get traffic. Um, if you have a blog or some other YouTube, etc., then you have consistent traffic. And I think if you have consistent traffic, it makes a lot of sense for you to basically have almost like a, you can imagine it as a lead collector, that uh, these leads are converted into revenue for you. And you can basically increase the the earnings that you that you would make. Yeah, I think that's a, a really fascinating point because, like you were saying, as it pertains to first party data, right? Like, you know, you might not like you might be able to get more customers into your ecosystem by having the option of having a storefront than even would just sign up if you're just like, oh, drop your email in our footer below, right? Like, so, um, so for these blogs types and affiliate sort of plays, it, it actually becomes a really compelling. Um, option to bring them closer to their end customers. Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah, we do that skincare. We do like one uh, skateboard. He has like a kind of skateboard store where you can buy stuff. You have another, it's like outdoor creator doing outdoor stuff. So I, I believe in these kind of like niche marketplaces. Um, but um, to kind of on counter counterpoint to that is that we're also working with, I think they're the world's largest beauty basically social channels and they're they are the most they're mostly excited about the way that we can allow for say social commerce functionalities so they run huge social channels so you know we're talking billions of impressions per per year um and now we can introduce basically the ability for their audience to to shop products kind of native ish <laughs> in in their um in their content so um I would say we, we kind of have two parts right now in the offer. Uh, obviously, when you when you are in that big 
media players channels and you go to the store and the products you are still checking out you say their curated marketplace that is run on off script but uh yeah so we are kind of exploring right now what where the biggest opportunity is obviously uh, working with yeah the world's largest say channels here will give us a lot of insight and and, and data on how to act well, that's amazing. It sounds like you guys have made a ton of progress uh, so far. Really cool space to be building in. And as, as we wrap up here, um, where can where can people connect with you as a brand or as a creator? Where, where, why don't you shout out your socials? Where can we find you on the internet? Where can we connect with Offscript? Yeah, great. So um, I think most brands will probably connect with me either, either on my LinkedIn, which is just my name, Pontus Carlson, and uh, Offscript, or on Twitter, um, but there my and there my name is also Pontus Carlson, but it's uh, my nick is Kulaste Katten, which means the coolest cat. I need to change that because I've had it since I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, then, um, but otherwise, you can just go to our website um, and and you'll find information there. If you want to email us about any inquiries, questions, um, partnership opportunities, uh, it's my name Pontus at Oscar.io, uh, where you can go and check us out. But yeah, no, I, I'd love Thanks to connect with any founders or or people interested in building, say, curated marketplaces. Amazing. Well, thanks for joining us on the pod today. And I uh, can't, can't wait to see where you guys take this in the next year. Thank you so much, babe. It's okay. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC Pod. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love your support. A rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond. Follow and subscribe to the show and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.